The Man in Line. Daily interaction, debate and exchange of ideas. Broadcast on Manx Radio from midday till one, Monday to Friday. Good afternoon. Welcome to Man in Line on Max Radio. We'll call it a wakefulness Wednesday today, what do you say? As we get in touch with what the Isle of Man is thinking, whatever's on your mind, it could be that um, statement by the Cannon administration that uh, solar panels and wind turbines are going to be the future for the Isle of Man. But whatever's on your mind, do get in touch. Text, email, call or WhatsApp. David's uh, first with us today. Hi, David. Hi, Andy. The, the very subject really is, is regarding the turbines and our green energy policy. Where in fact, we're, I think we're only on one step, page one at the minute. A, we don't know where it's going to be. Uh, and uh, you don't have to be a brain surgeon to find out where most of the uh, PV panels are going to be on public buildings. So why aren't we doing it or getting on with it? And the other thing regarding schools as well, in the summer months when the schools are off, right, all that power then that's created there is actually going to go to the grid. So that'll be, it's going to be a bonus. But the other thing I do have as well, when Manx Utilities are involved as well, they're the uh, authority that says how many panels you can have on your domestic roof. Now, I hope that there's going to be some independence on that to say that... Um, uh, the MEA, I'm, I'm stand to be corrected if they'll come on any time or we get somebody on or the chairman to say that um, they're not restricting people on the amount of panels they can have that on their roof to put their own power packs in. Or um, well, the at, at the moment, as I understand it, it's not entirely straightforward trying to sell electricity to the MUA, is it? <laughs> No, it's a, it's, a, it's a lot of paperwork, I believe, but some people have done it, and I'm hopefully some people are listening in, they've got about maybe 10 panels on the roof, or somebody will come on and tell us that they've been restricted to uh, eight panels or six panels or, or whatever. Well, Tim Johnson, Tim Johnson is, is the chairman of the MUA, and now he's got the enterprise job. It'll be interesting to know. And I think to unpack, obviously, the situation with the power station. Obviously, you know, there's a debt to pay on the power station. So yep. the fact that they'll be paying us to buy electricity, of course, may not be in the interest of the business, as it were, because, you know, they need to sell electricity to get the debt paid off. Well, that's the potential conflict of interest. We, we, we've got to look at these conflicts of interest where government is actually involved or sometimes maybe local authorities, but I don't think uh, local authorities will fall into that particular category all the time. But government will certainly be the one because it's got the money. It uses our money to do things and can influence certain things. And the $42 million, is the $42 million going to be used that cake is going to be used, or Mr. the Treasury Minister is going to say to us, well, the $42 million is for the green issues, but the government's going to use it. Well, we'll know next Tuesday, won't we? We'll see where that magic money actually ends up. Bated breath, but it's an opportunity for us to say, because remember once Snuff the Wind was one, 
uh, Windy Corner was another. There's a lot of uh, detail that was done years ago where standard uh, wind turbines could be put. And I just wonder whether the, the population in the Isle of Man is just going to get behind it and say, we've actually got to do something to have. At least Mr. Cannon's saying we've got to have a sustainable uh, energy policy for the island, and this will be a part of it. Yeah, OK. All right, David, appreciate Good that. Luck. Thanks for calling Bye. today. All right. Uh, do you remember Graham Fox Hume? Graham came on. It was last year, I think. Uh, Graham was on last year. To- uh, Graham and Fred were talking about uh, geothermal energy. Well, Graham dropped me a note in just to say, I'm appalled at the decision to go ahead with onshore wind and solar farms. As I pointed out before, wind turbines despoil the environment. They have significant and permanent concrete footprints. They create large no-go areas, intrusive vibration. They kill birds in significant numbers, which, of course, is not unimportant on the Isle of Man, as we are a very important staging post for migratory birds. Their visual impact will spoil the Isle of Man's beauty and surely its appeal to tourism. And Graham says, and I don't think they're even green. The initial build area uses rare minerals, uh, minerals which are being rapidly depleted and better used elsewhere, surely. Uh, both, that's um, uh, solar panels and wind turbines, have limited lifetimes, albeit in years, requiring a total replace, replacement of moving parts for wind and complete replacement of solar panels. These costs seem somehow to be ignored in the economic evaluations. The worn-out parts can't be recycled. They usually go to landfill, carbon fibre blades and rare earth elements. Uh, Both sources require 100% backup for when the wind doesn't blow and the sun doesn't shine, which could be 80-85% of the time, says Graham. Our present interconnectors apparently couldn't cope. So the alternative, and you won't be surprised to hear Graham say this, is geothermal energy. The island is ideally placed to exploit geothermal energy. Reference the United Downs project in Eden Park in Cornwall, which exploits a similar geological feature. It's clean, it's green, it's unobtrusive, it's available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year, with a lifetime in the 50s, if not hundreds of years. Geothermal energy's initial development costs are coming down as governments recognise the benefits and specialist drilling companies evolve. Maintenance costs are minimal, and the only moving parts are the steam-powered generators. It will give the Isle of Man's the Isle of Man total energy independence under the control of the government, says Graham. Thank you, Graham. Good to hear from you again. As yet, the government hasn't really countenanced geothermal energy, not even tipped a few tens of thousands of pounds, perhaps, to... Um, do a study on it or perhaps go to Cornwall and see what's happening there or indeed to that uh, residential uh, situation that's been going on in Southampton for over 40 years. They've been running um, a a residential development there for since the 1980s. Geothermal energy, anybody? Julian's with us now. Hi, Julian. Hi, Andy. Uh, Yeah, I listened to all that, yes. Um, Graham makes a lot of sense. Um, I thought I'd get get it in before um, Bonzo rings in on speed dial to uh, do the counter-argument. Um, there's a few things to consider when David says, why aren't we doing it? Um, if you look at the latest models that they will be thinking about, something like Vestas, the Danish um, m- most popular wind turbines for Europe, um, they're coming in at around an overall height of about 803 feet. So imagine the new Manxman ferry twice its its length up on end is about its height so that's about as high as the Craig bar above sea level 
the um, the area the blades are going to sweep is about five acres, and they've got to be sat in around 35 acres, which is about King William's College, which I mentioned before. Now, the data sheet for any of these new turbines, whether you go for the General Electric, interestingly, the noise output is 105 decibels. They're all about the same at this type of thing. So that's about the sound pressure of a chainsaw, and that's about five times higher than the current car exhaust noise limit that we've been talking about recently. Yeah, funnily enough, um, the police say that antisocial behaviour starts at 100 decibels with a car exhaust. Yeah, well, if you look at any of the data sheets, either you go for the Enercon E126, which is another one that's being used around Europe onshore, General Electric, Nordex, they're all around 105 decibel noise output. So you're talking about chainsaw sort of noise levels coming off the hub when it's going. Um, interestingly as well, if you look at the countries with the greatest uptake of wind power in order, number one is Denmark, as we've spoken about before. Number two is Germany. And number three is Belgium. So if you go and have a look and see where is the most expensive electricity in the world by country, number one, most expensive, Denmark. Number two, Germany. Number three, Belgium. So the three countries that have gone the largest on wind generation also have the most expensive and part of the reason for that is wind turbines only generate one in seven days because it's not always windy and also they need servicing because like anything that's mechanical they don't run all the time unlike the power stations that we're using i don't recall pool rows ever going offline for anything in in the time that that's been opened and most of the ones in the uk i don't think either do too so they're extremely reliable um, so what you do is, as a rule of thumb, whatever they say, you divide by seven. So if they're going to say 30 megawatts on the island, it's actually four in the, in the end. Well, um, let's just say, I mean, the thing is, obviously, you've got all those figures, but let's just say the Isle of Man were to, I mean, Bearing in mind, as Bonzo would say, they've been talking about wind turbines since the 1990s. So it's hardly breakneck speed. So do you ever think, and the, the, the chief minister's kind of saying it's going to happen, but, I mean, do you genuinely think that the Isle of Man will accept onshore wind turbines, Julian? Well, the first question I've got is, what is the, the Bat Society and the Bird Society, RSPB, what are they saying about this? It seemed remarkably quiet. I mean, there's a certain um, individual down in the south of the island who's been trying to get some wind turbines put up on his estate. And all he got was hassle all the time from planning about the birds and the bats. And those things are tiny in comparison with what we're talking about. So source for the goose is source for the gander, isn't it? <laughs> if you see what I mean, don't mean a pun there. Well, the trajectory is one way at the moment because wind turbines are being put up here, there and everywhere. Solar panels are being put up here, there and everywhere. It just depends what is the future for the Isle of Man. And I think this is where most people just fall between two stools, as it were, because nobody's actually saying what the benefit to the customer is. Everybody's being urged to be green and march towards a, uh, you know, a net zero future. Uh, most people just want to get on with their lives, Julian. And there's no doesn't seem yeah. to be a compelling reason for this. And I don't sense, and forgive me if I'm wrong, and, and if I am wrong, please tell me, 
I don't sense a groundswell of opinion to say we need wind turbines and we need them tomorrow. Um, my personal opinion, as we say on, on the radio, net zero will bankrupt us. Why? I think. You've got inefficient generation. There's no talk about um, putting in new power stations. You're talking about massive new industrial scale loads in terms of heat pumps and cars being charged. Um, there was a chap, I think, was on the week or two ago talking to you about in Laxey where there were cables being strewn across pavements trying to charge up cars in mm. little um, uh, you know, side streets and things. You know, the practicalities of it, the inefficient use of resources and, and you know, the real devastation. I mean, just go and Google um, lithium mine and then go to images, see what it looks like. It Do looks you like think this is going to mean a root and branch reorganization of Manx utilities? I'm only just referring to, you know, the bond deficit, the, the debt that's attached to the power station and also the fact that we have infrastructure that really couldn't cope with the load that's going to be imposed on it. Let's look at the, the rural infrastructure uh, for the MUA. And also I've got a note in from Ruth who said, the Isle of Man pictures itself as a place for data centres and for server farms. And uh, server farms and data centre need high quality um, and, and also um, uh, clean electricity. She's talking about the variations in voltage. So surely um, we'll, we'll disadvantage ourselves if we're not offering stable electricity supply to data centers and to server farms. But one of the largest um, data uh, farm servers in the world is Iceland. But, of course, they're in a position to offer almost free, I think it's like two pence a unit, because they've got geothermal. I see, yeah. So, yeah. you know, when you've got almost a free resource like that. I, I just think that the when we talk about green electricity in the, in the future, uh, the people who propose green electricity, and I'm not going to put opinion either way, uh, don't make the compelling call, and, and here's some free PR for anybody, make it cheap. I mean, suddenly people will rush towards anything that is cheap, but it doesn't seem to be cheap. Well, like I said before, the three countries in the world, Denmark, Germany and Belgium, that have gone the most for green energy like this, are also by far the most expensive electricity in the world. I mean, it's, that is, you, it just look it up, it's there. I mean, you know, there is a very good reason why Denmark's, if you look at the trajectory of the prices charged in Denmark, even before the Ukraine thing, it was absolutely through the roof. Okay. All right. Uh, are you swimming at the moment, Julian, by the way? I am. Yes. When, it, when you can, I still notice that um, despite them changing the, um, the terms of um, employment for the people there, um, it's still closed on a Sunday, um, still closed more or less on a Wednesday till about four o'clock in the afternoon. I think Saturday afternoons, there's a little bit of a, a red line on there as well. It's sort of creeping in a little bit in terms of closure. So there's no change to that. Um, it does make me wonder, though, when we talk about these huge expenditures in things, when you can't even afford to just keep the pool open, even though it's a public resource. I mean, you know, everyone on the island, whether you live in Ramsey or you live in Peel or Cranstall or anything, your rates are still paying for Castletown to be available as a public service. And like I said some time ago, imagine if they said, oh, well, the buses are a bit expensive, so we're not running any buses on a Sunday. You know, people might get a bit fed up with that, but... <sighs> Okay. All right, Julian, you know, thanks for calling today. We appreciate that. 
Thanks, Andy. Okay, Cheers. good to hear from you. Hi, this is a, in with reference to the uh, breast screening program. How can it be allowed to happen? Because the 50 to 80-year-olds, this is the age group that is most susceptible to this disease. And can we have more details, please, about it? Because, like, it's, like I say, how can it be allowed to happen? Thank you, Andy. Bye. Okay, I'll give you an update on the situation regarding the breast screening program before the end of Man in Line today. And G says, Andy, G, 313G. Uh, gas prices have fallen, but electricity costs seem to be going up. Presumably, the £42 million climate fund isn't enough to pay for the turbines. I don't think it's exactly for the turbines. And a uh, uh, <laughs> message just says, your call is correct. Uh, residents are leaving the Isle of Man disenchanted. And the news that Sturgeon is leaving came too late for Scottish landlords who uh, left in droves to invest in England due to her draconian bill. Landlords are selling property on the Isle of Man, says John. Uh, and uh, Manx is suffering from a shortage of nurses, says Southern Andy. Currently, it's the RCN Royal College of Nursing. Uh, jobs recruitment exhibitions around the UK, the major opportunity to recruit nursing staff for all, all health authorities. Manx Care attended the Manchester exhibition last week, and I wonder if they had any success. And also, why don't they appear to be attending the Birmingham, London and others around the UK? Surely this is the major opportunity to recruit nurses to the Isle of Man and shouldn't be ignored. As I know for certain, it has worked in past years, says Southern Andy. We didn't know that. Thank you for that information. Uh, is Manx Care, they attended Manchester, but apparently, says Andy, not attending Birmingham, London or other recruitment fairs. Uh, Derek says, well, uh, birds are killed by cars. Are we, we going to be banning those as well? I don't think you, there's a direct correlation, but it is a point. Birds are killed by wind turbines. As for bats, we don't know, but no doubt the bat people will, will tell us. We've got lots of water coming off the hills. Why don't we have water turbines? Hydroelectric. Tula in the barn. And uh, have a look at hemp batteries for EV cars. I've just been looking at a little look online, says for hemp batteries for cars. Well, aren't we supposed to be growing hemp on the Isle of Man? About time we had cheaper renewable energy. Now, the new modern fiberglass blades apparently can be melted down and made into new fiberglass products. Is that true? Because the, uh, the, tr the, the kind of story that's always peddled is that uh, wind farm turbine blades are aren't compostable well they wouldn't wouldn't make them compostable because they need to spin around for years and years and years you wouldn't want them falling apart perhaps set up big treadmills at the nsc linked to the power station then let the proponents of healthier living sport and active travel run on them we could run a few houses off them perhaps john i have solar and excess electricity we produce and it goes back to the grid however they won't take all of our excess back, but only pay us back up to a maximum kilowatt hour at any one time, i.e. it is restricted, what you can sell to the MEUA. I don't remember the exact figures, but as an example, if we're producing excess, say, three kilowatt hours, Manx Utilities only pay us for one kilowatt hour. But they keep all it all, i.e. they take the three kilowatt hours, but pay us for one and they only pay us 8.2p back for one kilowatt hour. It is not encouraging. Uh, 
the formula just seems to be a bit opaque and it doesn't seem compelling, really, if you want to sell electricity back to the MUA. Um, I've talked to various people about um, their own wind turbines, and again, it, it doesn't seem to be completely, completely straightforward. Wilf's on now. Hi, Wilf. Hi, yeah. Uh, um, just this uh, underground heating, whatever like they like to call it, geothermal or whatever yeah. it is, it does work because our school in Ramsey, the children's primary school, school, I can't say the name, but school Gary or something of this, I can't say it. Uh, that is heated by geothermal. Uh, it's it's pipework buried under the football pitch, and I, that's all there is. I didn't know that. Is that that's true? The school. Um, uh, yes, yes, that's what it's heated with. Oh wow! Uh, the, the help. The, it's it's heated up by the ground, and uh, the water then is pumped round in the radiators. And that I'm not sure, but we might have um, the, the what you call it on the roof as well. I don't know. Solar panels. Yeah, but the other thing was as well, so it does work, but the other thing was that all was on about generators. Well, the, the, the generators that will sort of work and work all the time, we're talking about putting them in the sea and all sorts of things. Uh, the ones that will work is the ones that would work with the rise and fall of the tide. Because it, it's there twice a day, <coughs> every day. You no need for currents or anything, all right, and try and put them in strong currents and all this business. You've got as strong a current as you want, the lift of the tide and the drop of the tide. They could even be running generators in the harbors. Is a fastened to the wall going up and down with the tide. Mm. Oh, uh, well. They only stop for 20 minutes. Okay, I just want to ask you something, Will. Where yeah. did the landfill used to be around Paul Dewey? On Paul Dewey, that's what it was, Paul Dewey. It was a landfill, uh, wasn't it? Yes, just just downside. We'll say it started about 100 yards downside of the White Bridge. Okay, and what happened to, I mean, has all the rubbish just been buried at Paul Dewey? Nothing everything ever Everything is buried there, everything. Right, okay. And everything and, went in there, motor cars, everything. Okay, and and the, the river ran right by it, didn't it? Alongside of it, yeah. Wow, because I had a, a conversation with a guy who said they used to swim in that river right next, to the, I did. next to the landfill. Is that true? Yes, I did. Uh, it was very cold, and you didn't float as easy as you do in the salt water. Wow. And was there ever any problem with pollution, it being next to the landfill? None at all. None at all. Because, believe it or not, every now and again, it used to combust by itself and go on fire. And it used to be left to burn itself out. Yes. And you'd go over the next few days and the tip would be collapsed. It was all gone up in smoke. Oh, it would burn itself from the inside. It burned itself from the inside. You had to sometimes very carefully you're going over the motor. You might break through the crust and end up with the motor stuck in it. Oh, God. oh well, it was desperate, desperate stuff. All right. Well, that's confirmed what I heard. All right. Well, thanks for calling today. Listen, I'll tell you where there was another tip, believe it or not. Go on. One up back at the bus station in town and one in front of the shop right where the car park is. There's a tip underneath all that. They were all, they were all tips then.
Old Town Tips. All right. Thanks, Wilf. Okay. All right. An update every day, 29 minutes before one. Tommy, what's going on? I've actually got the MEA chap actually fixing a smart meter now, Andy. Now, how how is it going to change your life, Tommy, with a smart meter? I won't actually. I, I think it'll, it'll increase the uh, the, the MEA's uh, profit, uh, profit uh, uh, Andy, I think. So you'll now be able to tell how much electricity you're using, is that right? Well, well, I think we could before, really. I mean, we had a meter there with the, the numbers going up. It, it didn't take much of a, a brain to, re- to rec- reckon that up, Andy. But, uh, I, 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 but we're, we're getting on. Uh, my niece is going to... Uh, Use a phone, uh, an app, uh, to uh, top it up now. So uh, they're taking my job away from me, Andy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, go, go, going up to go to Wilson shop with me little key and that. And uh, honestly, I, I've been made redundant completely now. 70, uh, 70, 77 I'm, and I'm knackered, Andy. You started <laughs> something the other day, uh, Tommy, talking about um, uh, speed cameras. Oh, oh, did, oh, did I? Well, it's, it's only right, really. Honestly, Andy, that, that little stretch of road, I, I can, I can at the bottom of our avenue, I swear, some of them go up there at 50 miles an hour, Andy, and something has to be done. You know, it'll, only t- it'll take the death of a child, and then they'll come in and say, well, we better uh, have a speed, uh, a speed limit for, for, for uh, here and there. I mean, where are, they, where are these people going to, Andy? You know, have they, have they got to be in Stranraer by half past seven tonight, or, or Portsmouth here, you know, in, in, the, in the next six hours? It's absolutely absurd. Let, let's let's uh, hammer them with a massive fine, Andy. Everything's fine. Okay. Well, all the best with your new smart meter, Tommy. Well, well listen, mate. It's too smart for me, Andy. I tell you, mate. Honestly. All right. Thanks, Tommy. All right. I expect there's going to be enough solar and wind power to power all these EV batteries on the new cars. It says Texter 600. Uh, the company's um, all the wind turbines and the solar panels. Uh, we would need to make it all work seriously, um, uh, says uh, Manx Will. Um, will, they, will they power the transport? They'll take all the power banks up until they're worn out. No power left for household and business power. Is that how it works? Uh, I got a message in from Hugh. Shall we talk about Hugh or shall we talk about... Um, uh, inconsiderate drivers, antisocial drivers. Hugh! All right, let's go to Hugh, uh, said uh, Andy. Uh, I'm just watching with interest what's happening to the TT Funfair. And you said you were going to hear from the people who organised the TT Funfair, but you never did. Dave Taylor uh, is uh, at Taylor's Funfair, the people behind what ostensibly is the TT Funfair, the TT that, uh, Funfair that comes across during TT. But the government now say they're not going to be organising it. We pay a lot of money. We don't make hundreds of percent of profit. We pay the Isle of Man Shipping Company, Steam Packet. We pay the council for the rental of the land. We pay our staff. We pay our wages. We pay our insurances. We pay for absolutely everything. We pay for license to have the toffee apple stall. We pay for permission to bring caravans we we do everything we have to do we charge the same money as we charge on the mainland and that's how it come about that we came when the tt was on we were very nervous about coming in the beginning because we thought take all this extra expense out there won't be any money but what happens is the, the tt's at a time when the bank holidays have finished it in the uk and it's a quiet time the kids are all back at school etc and 
we get, we think, we get about 20% uplift from the TT race goers. That's all. The bulk of the money comes from the islanders, 80% of it. And that's the reason we came there, because that helps us towards the shipping, etc. Because we have no government grants or support of any description. We pay for absolutely everything, 100%. It's self-financing. The government told us that the TT organisers wouldn't be supporting the fair this year, but we could apply on our own, which we have done. Somebody in an office somewhere helps us with the bookings of it. You know, we, we tell them we want to bring come on that day to get off the team packet and we want to get on site and they, they tell us yes we can do that so what they've said now is that they won't be liaising on that bit we have to liaise directly with the team packet which we do and we pay them anyways we also pay the council for the use of the land so somebody will have to make that decision so really the support we get is basically uh, a nod of an head Dave Taylor from Taylor's Fun Fairs the organisers of the TT Fun Fair um, uh, lots of people like the TT Funfair and just remember what uh, Dave Taylor said 8 out of 10 people he reckons are Manx people Manx residents who use the TT Funfair so it's a bit of fun for a fortnight for many people only 2 out of 10 are TT visitors so, so you can see the rationale for the government they want to make the grandstand uh, a lot more successful. They're working towards it. The fan zone worked really well. And I don't think the TT Funfair will ever be back in Nobles Park. So the government's focus is not on the promenade. Well, we don't know whether 1886 is going to be doing uh, another week of concerts. We wait to hear if they are. But where do you think the funfair should go? So that's the word from Dave Taylor. They don't get a penny from the government. They pay their way, and they obviously pay the rent of the walkway to Douglas Council. Have you got any thoughts on it? Hugh's view, by the way, was that we should actually encourage the TT funfair to come because he thinks it adds to the atmosphere. When you need a fitting memorial or headstone for a loved one, contact Manx Memorials in Peel. This long-standing family-run Manx company offer a wide range of granite and marble headstones and memorials, along with an island-wide inscription and renovation service. Manx Memorial's skilled professionals will take the time to help you choose a suitable memorial, and we're proud to say we'll beat other local quotes. Call 843-861 or email matthew at manxmemorials.co.uk. Make sure you have the ability to vote in elections by registering for the electoral roll. You may be registered already, but if you've moved house, changed details, or you've turned 16, then you'll need to let us know. You will not receive a paper registration form this year. To change your details, go online to gov.im forward slash electoral registration and follow the simple instructions to update your details or to register as a new elector. Help can be given by calling 685754. The deadline for registrations is the 17th of March, so don't lose your vote. Register now. This is an urgent appeal from the Disasters Emergency Committee. Devastating earthquakes have hit Turkey and Syria, killing thousands and injuring many more as buildings collapsed. People urgently need help. To donate online, search DEC Thank you. Ethel Garage in Balasala doesn't just service and repair any make or model of car. They also operate a recovery vehicle to rescue you and your vehicle from anywhere on the island. See? Aren't you glad we went to Ethel? For top quality work from Nissan factory trained technicians, dedicated aftercare, and now recovery too. Ethel, a garage to swear by, not swear at. 
Book now at athol.im or call the A-Team whenever you need them. 820082. All this week, your nation station and our friends at Robinson's are giving you the chance to win pancake kits ahead of Shrove Tuesday next week as we play Who the Flip Is This? Go to the Manx Radio Facebook page now and tell us which celebrity is tossing a pancake. Text your answer to 166177 along with your full name and we'll pick two winners each day. One with Mark Tiny in the morning show and one with Alex in the afternoon. You'll have plenty of flipping fun with Who the Flip Is This? All this week here on Manx Radio. This is the Isle of Man talking. The Man in Line. Faster, my good afternoon. Uh, a nuclear power station in Jerby has to be well forward. Who could sell the power to our neighbours across the water? Says uh, WhatsApp nine two seven. We talked about those modular uh, nuclear power stations. Of course, it's always seemed incongruous talking about nuclear power stations on the Isle of Man because we've been belly aching about the one at uh, Sellafield, and of course there are two right next to the sea terminal in Hesham. So those small um, nuclear power stations, I think it's Rolls-Royce that are putting them together, seem to be back on the um, agenda again, but we haven't heard that from the government about nuclear power. It all seems to be wind power and solar power. Now, I mentioned the story about boy racers, and we've been talking about South Quay, uh, I've got a relative who lives on South Quay, and he's had to move to his back bedroom because of the noise. Now, as to why, says this correspondent, uh, these kids love cars. <laughs> and I, for one, think there's nothing wrong with kids loving cars. But instead of the police officer talking about all his partners and what have you, who he seems to be pushing that to, there's nowhere for these kids to go or indeed to talk to about cars. So surely we should be harnessing the kids who are interested in cars, getting them off the roads. Perhaps Jerby is there, but nobody's ever thought to let those uh, them use their cars and talk to people about performance cars and how to safely drive a car. Of course nobody has. Jerby's a great asset, but it's a closed shop, and these kids should be allowed to go there. Uh, I, says this correspondent, have been a qualified advanced motorist, for over 50 years, and the organisation uh, here is a bit dead and show little interest in hardly anything, so I don't go a- any longer to... Are you an advanced motorist, by the way? Um, uh, Ray Proctor uh, bought an expensive skid machine, and all government departments showed no interest in offering training uh, using his uh, free-to-use kit, uh, this skid machine. Ray bought this when it was, uh, I think it was about, um, uh, there was a bad accident on the switchback a few years ago. Uh, so this is the problem, says this correspondent. Why not try to get these kids who are uh, who, the so-called boy racers, uh, why don't get them to become advanced motorists to show them how to drive safely? Well, that's a thought. If they are interested in in racing around, put them somewhere where they can and do it safely. And, and is this the way for the future to actually harness what the uh, youngsters are doing and harness that so-called antisocial behaviour and turn it into something? Of course, we have two rallies on the Isle of Man. Maybe one of these boy racers could be a future rally driver once they're taught how to actually drive properly. Now, I said I was going to give you an update on the breast screening situation. Uh, following last week's statement regarding the temporary suspension of the Alaban breast screening programme, uh, breast screening has been paused while the island systems are updated and linked to a UK monitoring programme expected to resume by the 24th 
of February. Uh, the Isle of Man Breast Screening Programme is based in the Manx Breast Unit and invites women aged between 50 and 70 to attend a breast screening appointment every two years. The appointment involves the woman having uh, two or more x-rays taken of each breast by a specialist imaging unit. The images are, of course, mammograms. These mammogram images are sent through a secure electronic link to the Greater Manchester Breast Screening Programme at Withenshaw Hospital, where specialist uh, screening radiologists and advanced mammographers view all the mammograms to look for abnormalities. So it will be back, they say, on the 24th. Uh, Manx Care anticipates the uh, revised contractual and clinical arrangements with Greater Manchester Breast Screening Programme will be in place no later than the 24th of February, so breast screening can recommence. Now, if you are a woman who requires a recall appointment based on a recent assessment, you'll be contacted shortly to have this diarised in Manchester with all travel arranged by them. Currently, say Manxka, they screen 150 women per week. However, plans are being put in place to catch up with the programme by the end of March, although the provision of additional clinics, uh, it'll be actually through the Manx Breast Unit. Now, if you're at all concerned about this and you want more information, then you've got to call MCALS, the Manx Care and Advice and Liaison Service, on 642-642. 642-642. That's the latest on the breast screening situation. Uh, back to all the messages, and there are lots of them today. Uh, I've just heard about the... Uh, is it true about an Irish fast ferry craft being used for TT week? We haven't heard, but then again, remember, we're not getting Manxmen. We haven't heard lately what's happened to the gear situation of the, uh, the Manxmen off Korea. So we'll, we'll wait till we hear something from the steam packet. I drove through um, uh, Balasala yesterday. The car was completely covered with mud on the road. Who's going to pay for the car washing, says John? Perhaps the uh, developer of the housing estate. Is it filthy there at the moment? I got a message also in from Terry. Uh, the future is bright. Well, that's good to know, Terry. Thank you. In the future, you won't own anything and you'll be happy. We really don't need ownership. We just need the public broken, completely destitute before everybody can be happy. Looking on the bright side, Terry. Uh, does anybody use a heat pump? Now, is that true about the school in Ramsey? With, um, it sounds like a heat pump under the, um, under the uh, football pitch to run heating there. Not heard that so far. You would have thought the government would have trumpeted that, the education department, whether that's true or not. If electricity goes up again, will heat pumps be affordable, says G. Uh, and remember, there are two big wheels in Laxey that they uh, couldn't be used at the moment. Nobody ever thought to put a dynamo on the Laxey wheel, did they? You'd just think, wouldn't you? Uh, Bema Hague is also heated by ground source heating, says 692. I didn't know that. Is it true? Um, so is that, oh, And uh, the Ramsey Group practice always excites a lot of comment. Graham says, what's happening there? We phoned uh, Ramsey Group practice and it took over an hour to answer to make an urgent doctor's appointment for my wife who has a disability due to an illness. She hasn't been out since October. She was told an appointment is in three weeks' time, and the doctor couldn't visit as she isn't housebound. So how long do you have to be confined to home before you are housebound? 
and basically the person on the phone, I thought, uh, wasn't interested. This situation is getting worse, uh, says Graham. Are you a reluctant landlord, tired of tenant hassles, cursed by constant maintenance, tormented by empty properties producing no rent, want to escape these worries or get out altogether? At Prime Lettings, we understand your pain and have bespoke solutions to release you from these problems. Ring us on 616 707 for a free confidential chat. Prime Lettings, we're on call and on the ball at 616 707. Call the UPVC window specialists, Phoenix Windows. For quality windows, doors and conservatories, along with fascias, soffits, barge boards, guttering and all building work undertaken. With free estimates, free surveys, guaranteed work and all island coverage. Phoenix windows don't use standard off-the-shelf frames. Their windows are made to measure, which means you get a perfect fit, less bulky frames and more glazing. Call 816628 or visit phoenixwindows-iom.com. We make oil heating easy with our range of services. Whether it's our free smart tank monitoring systems or just our efficient all-island deliveries, Ellen Van in Fuels has it covered. Call us on 844 to find out more. Housing crisis, cost of living crisis, energy crisis, cost of borrowing up and rampant inflation. Quite a background for Treasury Minister Alex Allenson to set his first budget. And what about the fall in birth rate and imbalance between workforce and dependents? Well, it's not all bad, I suppose. At least Manx Radio will be providing a broad range of expert opinion and detailed coverage of this month's budget on Tuesday the 21st of February between 12pm and 2. Will the Treasury Minister be able to pull any political rabbits out of his hat? Doubt it. They've all hopped off because they can't afford the carrots. The Manx Radio Budget Special is brought to you by Crow Isle of Man. The Man in Line with Andy Wint. Pastor Mike, good afternoon. 12 minutes before one. Denny dropped me a note in just to say, um, where do I report fly posting around Douglas? Uh, Denny, you go to, I think it's uh, douglas.gov.im. Douglas.gov.im will give you all the details. And they've got a thing there called... Um, uh, it's report this, I think it's called. If you go to the report this bit, douglas.gov.im, which is the Douglas Borough Council's uh, website, uh, there is a bylaw about fly posting. Uh, and I think Denny was talking about uh, Gandhi's circus posters being put up. Uh, and I'm just checking the bylaw says no person shall in any street, foreshore, or public place without prior consent of the local authority. Advertise or solicit section B is advertise or solicit custom for service in such a manner as to cause obstruction or give reasonable grounds for annoyance to another person. That's the definition of fly posting in the bylaw. So if you see anybody fly posting, go to douglas.gov.im and to the report it bit, and you can report all sorts of things on that anyway. It's always worth having a look if you live in and around Douglas, um, the Douglas Borough Council's report it bit. Lots of things you may not think you can report, but Douglas Borough Council uh, will get onto it. Uh, a message also today, it being uh, Wednesday the uh, 15th, there is a uh, COVID-19 booster programme uh, if you're age 12 and over. Uh, you can go today to the Western Wellbeing Centre in Peel this afternoon from 2 until 4.30. 
That's uh, the Autumn Booster Programme 2022, which is coming to a close uh, later on this month. But today there is a session for 12s and over at the Western Wellbeing Centre in Peel from 2 until 4.30. Back to the messages. And uh, this one is about... Let me find you. This one is about uh, Snaefell surgery. No answer from Snaefell surgery last week after numerous calls. I gave up. Twice it just went to the engaged tone, says Texter374. As long as people buy cars, says Ed Andy, they'll be boy racers. When they have electric cars, we won't hear them coming. And they will be a lot faster as well. Uh, says Ed, I don't know what you thought about uh, the idea from that correspondent. We should actually harness boy racers, get them to drive properly, get them up to Jerby, whizzing around the circuit, get them to become advanced motorists. A, you get cheaper insurance, don't you, as an advanced motorist? How about police doing their job and prosecuting boy racers for antisocial behaviour? If they're old enough to drive, then they are over the age of criminal responsibility. Maybe a fine, having their car seized, will make them act more responsibly, says Dave in Oncombe. And also that uh, message we had a few days ago. It's been happening for years, 10 years, uh, that correspondent said in South Quay by the lifeboat. Uh, station. Renewable energy projects should be funded and built by the private sector, says 521. Government doesn't have a good record of delivering value for money. Placing solar panels on buildings is the most expensive way of delivering solar power in the in large amounts which will be needed. Typical government thought process. Uh, same thought uh, came in from Jimmy, who said, really, The government building a wind turbine. Bearing in mind their record with the Liverpool Sea Terminal, can you imagine how much each wind wind turbine would cost? And can you imagine if they'd actually work properly? Why would the funfair pay rent to the council when the walkway is totally owned by the DOI, says Janie? Well, that was Dave Taylor's words. They pay Douglas Council. Maybe it's for cleaning up afterwards. Uh, when uh, Hi Andy says uh, Ian it is Thanks Ian Considering power sources for the future in the Isle of Man If geothermal or hot air is the future Perhaps we should be fitting wind turbines in Tinwald uh, The old jokes are always worth revisiting Thank you Ian uh, I would imagine that the big stage at 1886 Won't be going ahead as the foundations uh, are uh, sinking underneath I don't know about that Aren't they supposed to be doing something with that, that big building? Uh, the geothermal uh, heating uh, at the school in Ramsey uses shallow pipework, I think, around 10 feet deep, which relies on the stable ground temperature but requires a heat pump to compress the fluid to heat it to about 44 Celsius. Uh, Graham uh, is referring to deep well geothermal, at least three and a half kilometres below ground, where the rocks are much hotter, 140 Celsius, and higher temperatures with increasing depth. Deep well geothermal doesn't require power-hungry compressors, as the water brought up already is very hot. This makes deep well geothermal extremely efficient. Do you know, we haven't heard from government as to what their opinion is, is of geothermal. It sounds, it's a bit like Kroger gas, it sounds too good to be true, doesn't it? We just drill down three and a half kilometres, and apparently it's not a big bore, uh, it, it's quite narrow, 
uh, and up comes this water and we then run a steam generator and we take electricity off it. I suppose it depends whether if the geological if it's if the geological data makes sense then well it's been a long time says Dick since Dave Cretney was the minister for fun as these these days the ministers of Comin are ministers of misery you always got a smile with David Cretney didn't you just regarding the fun fair why is the government happy for us not to have the fun fair in TT only because 20% of visitors use it. God forbid the 80% of islanders who use it could go out and enjoy themselves during TT, says um, Dick. Well, I suppose you narrow the responsibilities down, don't you, Dick? If the motorsport division of the Department for Enterprise who run the TT, that's their job, motorsport, and the grandstand and everything, that's their responsibility. Maybe it's it, it's shaken it all out, really, in that we can't rely on the government to run the TT funfair or to organise it. And anyway, surely, why should we ever have relied on the government to do it? Surely the funfair can be on the vacant Summerland site, says John. It's a big space, isn't it? So, OK, 80% revenue comes from the Isle of Man. So only come when the TT is off. I think uh, the idea of the funfair is a, is a bit dated, says Tim. Maybe I'd love to see a photo of you on the Dodgems, Tim. Get the funfair onto the Isle of Man, says 374 Texter, so the kids can have some fun. What's wrong with fun? More, um, more advocacy uh, for the nuclear power station in Jerby. Says Colin, just says, what would it do for the house prices for all those eccentric millionaires in Jerby? Oh, well, you never know. That's it for Man in Line. Thanks to Chris Quirk on the phones today. Back tomorrow with another open line. W-I-N-T.